You can support this podcast on patreon.com forward slash firstpawmedia. Here's to the adventure-seeking dog mushers out there. The hundreds of you who stand on the runners dreaming and thinking about the Northern Lights. Of course, there is something else you can do if you've got something to say. Start a podcast with First Paw Media and harness your creative side. Maybe even earn enough money. Enough money to tell yourself, hey, I'm not just a dog musher. I'm a rover. I'm a wanderer. I'm a voyager. I'm an explorer. Visit firstpaw.media. Mush on over today. Radio Free Palmer 89.5 KVRF presents Mushing Radio, hosted by Robert Forto. Mushing Radio is about dog-powered sports, living in the Great White North, and mushing. Visit our website at mushingradio.com. Here is your host, Robert Forto. Hey, Mushing Radio listeners. We mentioned this earlier in our Iditarod coverage but we set up a way to take questions from our listeners. Please leave a voicemail at 303-578-9881 or send a voice memo at firstpawmedia at gmail.com. Simply leave your name and where you are calling from. And please, if you want us to use it, Keep your questions to under 30 seconds. That's it. I want to say that number one more time for you guys. 303-578-9881 or send a voice memo to firstpawmedia at gmail.com. We can't wait to hear from you. Okay, you guys, this is Michelle Forto and I am the host for First Paw Media for DogWorks Radio, as well as a few of our other podcasts. And tonight, I'm actually going to run the show solo, so bear with me. Robert and I attempted to do a recording a few minutes ago as he is on his way to a dog mushing board member meeting for the Chugiak Dog Mushers Association, and we ran into some technical difficulties. Tony is also stuck at work uh, in a also boring board meeting of sorts. So here I am ready to rock and roll this for you guys. So Robert started off uh, with wanting to tell you guys about the trail report. And it's much of the same thing that we've been talking about for the last night or two. And that is that it is definitely hot. We are in a heat wave here and I know that that's difficult for those of you that don't live in Alaska to understand that when it's 40 degrees here in Alaska at this time of year, that actually feels closer to 70 or 80 degrees um, in, in other places like California, Colorado, Arizona, any of those places that are those types of temperatures this time of year. That's what it feels like to us when it's 40 here. And so for the dogs, it's even hotter. So from what I understand, a lot of mushers are really just peeling off the layers, running without coats. Um, in years past, when it's been warm like this, we know of mushers that have actually been running in shorts. And so you do what you got to do to uh, keep yourself dry, number one, and relatively cool or warm because when you sweat 
you actually make yourself get cold. And so right now being dry and cool is the optimal during the day and being dry and warm during those nighttime temperatures when the temperatures drop is the optimal um for the mushers right now. For the dogs, it's kind of the same thing. We want to rest longer during the day because of the heat of the sun. And we want to run at night when it's cooler and at a more optimal temperature for the dogs. And so that's basically the trail report. It's sloppy. It's been rainy in some of the areas and it is definitely warm. So we need to get these guys moving down the trail. And we are, uh, what are we, uh, we're on the fifth night and we are definitely starting the second third of the race. So that's going to bring me into our next section. Robert and Tony posed some questions and Robert got a question directly in an email to him from a listener in New Zealand. Now he didn't share with me the name of the person. So I do apologize, but huge shout out to all of our fans in New Zealand, especially the person that posed this question. And it was about the length of the gang lines and the sled. And they wanted to know, you know, how far is the distance from the front of the sled to the back of the wheel dogs and from the back of the sled to the front of the lead dogs. And so what we ascertained was that for our particular sled systems and our gang line systems, which by the way, you guys, each musher has a little bit variation of what I'm going to tell you. But if you're standing on the back of the runners at the back of the sled, the distance between you and your 14 dog line. So the distance between you and your lead dogs is about 64 feet for our gang line systems. Um, it's about 52 inches from the brush bow to the back end of the dogs. Um, and so each of our gang line sections, though, is about six feet in distance. So that's how we're coming up with those distances. And as I said, each dog musher has their own variations of this. Sometimes the gang lines are... Um, longer or shorter. Sometimes the tug lines, those are the lines that attach the dog's uh, back of the harness to the gang line. The tug lines can sometimes vary in length and distance from um, each musher. Some mushers are running without necklines. Some mushers run with very short necklines. Some mushers run with longer necklines. It all comes down to preference, you guys. And so there's a lot of uh, variations, but for general information, I'd say it's about 60 to 65 feet from where the musher stands to where the lead dog's nose are. And I want to bring up a very valid point that if you are, if you've never stood on the back of a dog sled, then you really have no idea of what that really means. If you've ever held on to a retractable leash with your own dog, though, and you've been out on a walk, those retractable leashes extend out to about 25 feet. So just imagine trying to command your dog 25 feet away and your dog isn't paying attention. He's not listening to you. And you're able to retract that leash to get your dog closer to you. We're not able to do that with dog sleds and gang lines. So those lead dogs that are 60 feet-ish away from 
the musher, they have to be able to listen to those commands. That's a long ways, especially if you're about to make a turn and you need to holler out G or ha. You got to know exactly when to do that so that your lead dogs don't miss the turn or turn too quickly and then sling the sled out past the turn. There's all kinds of variables that go into play there, you guys. The good dog drivers know when to holler out the commands. Um, all right. So tonight, our musher profile is going to be on Gerhard Thyart. And I apologize if I'm mispronouncing names. I do have a tendency to do that. But I'm just going to give you guys an overview of what Gerhardt put on his bio. Now, Gerhardt knows a mutual friend of Robert and I's that's filming a documentary for us. His name is Jeremy T. Grant, and he operates a media um, photography website and business called Timber Cross. And um, if you guys ever get on Instagram, check out Jeremy T. Grant on Instagram. He has fabulous photographs, but he's also doing some work for Gerhardt. And so we have a mutual friend there and I can't wait to actually meet Gerhardt and his wife and talk with them about their Huskies. But Gerhardt has unfinished business for Iditarod 2023 on his Africa to Alaska quest. As many of you can recall, he was injured last year and had to be flown out. And so he was unable to finish his rookie mushing um, Iditarod excursion. And so he's back again and he needs to finish this race. Uh, Gerhardt is an interesting fella. He uh, is the executive director for GAT Foundation. And GAT Foundation partnered with Tusk.org to support, bring awareness, promote, and raise funds for wildlife conservation in Africa with specific attention to the working and tracking canines of the African wildlife rangers. So super cool. Um, I hope that everybody visits his website and dives deeper into his foundation as it's very interesting. All right. So Robert and Tony always like to bring you guys the question of the day. And we always start off with yesterday's answers. And I have notes from Tony and Robert, and I'm going to do my best to try to go through what some of those are. But um, quite honestly, I don't have really good notes for that. But we wanted to know what snacks or what is it that you take on the sled with you? What is a must have on the sled? And I believe that yesterday's question, we got Close to 45 answers, maybe more than that. But for Gerhardt, his wife and his social media person, which is Jeremy Grant, they said that Gerhardt can't go without his smokes. So I'm guessing that that means his cigarettes or cigars or something like that. But he definitely takes his smokes along. And a lot of the questions that uh, were given answers were like headlamps and chocolate and fireball whiskey, uh, Jameson whiskey, things like that, that people like to take on the trail. 
Um, I didn't hear anybody say fuzzy slippers like Robert threw out there yesterday. So I'm wondering why we didn't hear anybody mention the comforts of home going with them on the trail. So um, let's go ahead and talk about our question for today that was taken from Robert Reddington's or, or excuse me, Ryan Reddington's page where they were asking him questions about what goes in his drop bags. And they went through the fact that some school children packed his drop bags, which I found really interesting. But in Ryan's drop bags, he likes to have um, pre-made Chinese food and bulk uh, Welch's fruit snacks, Gatorades, um, and, and, you know, just normal things that you guys would think of so that he is eating well when he does get to take his breaks and eat with the dogs. So our question of the day tonight is going to be, what would be the trail snack that is a must have if you did Iditarod? Now, I know this is similar to the question before, but we want you guys to dive a little deeper than just chocolate for our hashtag. I did a question this evening and I want to let you guys know what kind of snack that we put together for our daughter, Nicole, when she ran the junior I did a rod. And it was similar to the snack that Robert has as a go to because you see both Robert and Nicole aren't big eaters when they're out running races. In fact, they prefer not to have a heavy meal whatsoever because Honestly, it just kind of helps with that bathroom situation that we talked about last night. And so Robert and Nicole both like to carry in their jacket pocket, their parka pocket, um, the chest pocket, if you will, a Ziploc bag of trail mix. But this is a unique trail mix because not only is it M&M's, peanuts, raisins, you know, typical trail mix, we throw in some pretzels, we throw in additional mixed nuts, we throw in beef jerky, um, even some cheese cubes um, and, and things like that, chocolate for sure. But that is their go-to snack because it, Robert and Nicole will also throw in baby carrots um, because it's going to throw in anything and everything you can think of to satisfy you, right? There's a, a savory protein, they're sweets, they're salty. It's going to encourage you to want to drink your uh, Capri Sun, which is their drink of choice. They usually keep that in their armpits so that it doesn't freeze. And I know that sounds a little weird, but you do what you can to keep yourself hydrated out there. Robert's go-to um, is also Five Hour Energies. He absolutely uses those on a regular, especially when he doesn't want to uh, fuel up with caffeine because caffeine is a diuretic, which causes you to have to use the bathroom more and bathroom breaks are few and far between on the Iditarod trail. And so he wants to keep moving. So he'll utilize five hour energy as his energy booster. Um, so that is what Robert and Nicole use when they are doing long distance uh, races or just overnights, even with their dogs, they'll take snacks like that out on the trail. And so I really hope to get some uh, deeper dives on the I did a question this evening about what would be a trail snack that is a must have for you. 
And if you guys are athletes, then I really want to hear what is your go-to for a quick burst of energy and something that's going to sustain you for a few hours without requiring you to have a sit-down cooked meal that in turn is also going to require you to have to use the bathroom, right? And so I'm hoping we can have a deeper discussion. I'm really enjoying the back and forth we're getting from all of you guys out there um, on the comment sections on our socials. It's really great to see the engagement that this uh, hashtag I did a question has brought about for everyone. So I have no idea who Tony and Robert are going to feature as the musher profile for tomorrow. I'm thinking it could be the Vitello family. Um, and so that may be who they feature as the uh, musher profile for tomorrow evening. We will have a new question of the day as well as going through all of your answers. So I'm excited to see what you guys put out there. Um, also, Take some time and let me know how you think I did running solo tonight for the uh, second third of the race episode. And just a quick reminder, you guys, we did develop this for you guys to share your questions. And that is that voicemail phone number. Again, that number is 303 578 9881 or you can send a voice memo to firstpawmedia at gmail.com I'm looking forward to getting some of those uh, comments and questions there through that phone number or voice memo email remember to go on over and subscribe hit that notification bell we don't want you guys to miss an episode or a moment of this Iditarod. Go ahead and give us a like, a su support us on Patreon. We really do help hope that you guys get involved with that. If you guys do the Patreon and you sign up for just the $5 one, Robert's going to send you a very cool sticker pack. And when I say very cool sticker pack, it is very cool. Everyone that has ever received a sticker pack from us says that they can't believe the quality of the stickers and just the graphics on the stickers are top notch. So head on over to patreon.com forward slash first media and become a Patreon today for Mushing Radio and get that sticker pack. All right, you guys, I'm going to close out the show and thank you all for listening. I am Michelle Forto. For First Paw Media, take care. Here's to the adventure-seeking dog mushers out there. The hundreds of you who stand on the runners dreaming and thinking about the northern lights. Of course, there is something else you can do if you've got something to say. Start a podcast with First Paw Media and harness your creative side. Maybe even earn enough money. Enough money to tell yourself, hey, I'm not just a dog musher. I'm a rover. I'm a wanderer. I'm a voyager. I'm an explorer. Visit firstpaw.media. Mush on over today.